You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I'm your host, Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, we are going to be talking to Jonathan Levy about what does it mean to be a super learner, which is a topic right up my own alley. I love this kind of stuff. And Jonathan Levy is an experienced entrepreneur and life hacker from Silicon Valley. He's known for speed learning his way to all his achievements in life, from entrepreneurship to podcasting and even dating. He's one of the top performing instructors on Udemy since his course, Become a Super Learner, earned him over 60,000 students. He has snowballed the success with the launch of his own brand, Superhuman Academy, and now has recently released his third book, The Only Skill That Matters. So Jonathan, welcome to your superpowered mind. Thanks so much for having me, Kristen. It's, it's awesome to chat with a like-minded individual, no pun intended. Yes. <laughs> Here we are talking about the brain and the mind and what we can do with it. Yes. So my first question is always, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? Yeah, well, you know, my book title kind of gave it away, but I would say that I discovered that I really could achieve just about anything through the skill of learning. I discovered that there is this superpower that is a gateway skill, if you will, to all kinds of other superpowers, whether that be, as you said, learning music, learning business, learning dating skills. Uh, and I just discovered that I, I could learn to do anything that I wanted and therefore I could learn to be anyone that I wanted to be and therefore have anything that I wanted to have and that the only thing I had to do was learn what other people who had or could do those things knew. Wow, there you go. <laughs> and you just said a lot there. So what, how did you learn that you could learn everything? Like, how did you discover this? Yeah. Well, so growing up, I struggled very much as a learner. In fact, I almost got held back in mathematics. I got tested for ADD by the time I was eight years old. So I was not the obvious candidate that you would think uh, for, for writing books on accelerated learning. But I got very lucky in that after years and years of having to be medicated just to sit through school, I actually bumped into on accident someone who had spent the last 10 years with his wife teaching kids who had learning disabilities like me how to learn more effectively. And, and I always like to say they, they taught me so much that I immediately doubled down and used what they taught me to go ahead and learn more about the brain and about how it works. So I had help and I uh, it, it seems like everything that I've done well in my life has been uh, the result of really great mentors. And I then took that skill and went deeper and decided to see how far the rabbit hole goes, as they say. 
Yeah, they are discovering so much about how, you know, how the brain works. And one of the um, things I love is that is how much they're starting to prove that there are scientifically visible changes in the brain as you engage in practices like um, meditation or gratitude or changing your thoughts and all of that sort of stuff. And you're on a different, a little bit of a different path. This is how the brain takes in and retains information, it sounds like. Precisely. Yeah. It, it turns out that just like meditation, we can actually change our brains and change the way that they work. And, I, and I've been carefully making that claim for years. Like you can up, I've used vague language, like you can upgrade your brain. But now, thanks to some great research done in 2017 by uh, someone who's become a friend, uh, Boris uh, Nikolai Conrad, I can actually claim that studies have shown that you can rewire your brain and cause your brain to look and behave like the brain of someone who holds a world record in memory. And it's the same as meditation, right? You can meditate and change your brain to look like the brain of a meditator. The same is true of learning memory techniques and, and changing the way that you learn. My question then is, does it take forever? <laughs> is it one of those things that you have to be a lifelong master to get this? Absolutely or is it not. something that anybody can learn, you know, sort of, quickly. I don't want to say quickly because I realize it's yeah. a muscle, but yeah, absolutely. So uh, in this study, they proved that 20 to 30 minutes a day, four to five times a week for, I think it was six weeks. I was confused. They did they, one stat is four weeks and then they tested after six weeks or it was six weeks and then they tested after four months. But in any case, it was a matter of weeks practicing a few minutes a day. And when they went back months later, they were able to verify that the changes were long lasting. So the article, when it was published uh, in Radboud University's press release was titled, Super, Supersized Memory is Learnable and Long Lasting. And so it's, it's this really cool thing. Now, speed reading is a lot harder. I, I'll admit, we teach speed reading and that's something that takes months of diligent practice. It's really hard to actually learn how to speed read. Don't listen to anyone who tells you they can teach you in 10 minutes. They can tell you how to speed read in 10 minutes, but to actually do it with high comprehension, that takes a couple months at least. But these memory techniques, I mean, I've done workshops with people where in an hour, I teach them the basics and get them to do the techniques. And what takes a couple more weeks of practice is actually the learning how to fish. Like how do you actually create the mnemonics yourself and, and how do you refine the technique and how do you most importantly apply it to anything? Yes. So I'm sorry, I'm making some notes here. So I, I would love if we could um, dive a little bit more deeply into this, but before we do, we're going to take a break. Uh, where can people learn about your book and your work on this area? Yeah, absolutely. I would love for people to check out superhumanacademy.com. And specifically, if they want to learn about the book, it's superhumanacademy.com slash book. Great. Hang on. When we come back, we're going to be talking more to Jonathan about what it means to be a super learner. 
Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Welcome back, everyone. How, uh, what I want to know is how have you used this skill? What, you know, how did you decide to take it and become a super learner in what areas? Yeah. So, Kristen, the first thing I did, you know, if you're a kid who grew up uh, being bullied and, and having difficulties with self esteem and, and all kinds of like issues with who you are, when you're given the superpower, the first thing you're going to do is, is go back and try and right all those wrongs. So the first things that I super learned uh, involved body language, charisma, how to hold conversations, how to improve my relationships. I had a lot of chronic uh, discomfort and pain in my joints. So I read books on kinesiology and and trigger point and, and how to maintain my body and solve those problems. Um, and then I applied it to business, you know, six years ago, I knew nothing about podcasting, online courses, publishing books, leading a remote team, video production. And today I, I not only do all those things, I teach how to do all those things. So um, once that kind of took off and I, and I had applied it to that, I set out to my hobbies. I learned conversational Russian. I detail in the book how I went about doing that in a very wrong way. And, and how people can learn from, you know, even if you have these incredible memory skills, you need to be very careful how you go about applying them because you can learn the wrong way. Um, I learned piano, acro yoga, uh, and then more recently, uh, real estate investing. And even, you know, I had this one problem that it seemed that I couldn't fix. And it was that I'd been single for nine years and I just couldn't figure out. And, and I kept thinking, you know, I just haven't met the one. I haven't met the one. And then I thought to myself, you know, every other problem that I have, I just learn my way out of it. What if I forgot about the I haven't met the one and just tried to treat this as a learning challenge? And uh, within about two to three months of, of treating that in a different way, I met my now wife. <laughs> so uh, I, I really mean when I say the only skill that matters, I think you can learn absolutely anything uh, that you would want to learn, be it interpersonal skills, history, Bible verses, how to give you know public lectures, uh, anything, anything that you want. That's pretty incredible. What, and one of the things that I, that I picked up on when you said you were talking about your, um, the skill that's allowed you to master your mind is that you can learn to do anything and also to be anyone that you want to be, which is yeah. one of, I think, almost my missions in life is, is letting people know that who you are and the, the way you show up 
if you don't like that, you can actually change that and becomes who you more want to be, what, who is more in integrity with the kind of person that you want to be. We share that mission. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't even like dressing up for Halloween because I always tell people I spent so many years not being happy with who I was that I don't even want to spend a day now that I'm happy with who I am. I don't want to spend a day pretending to be someone else. Oh, that's lovely. That is lovely. So I, then my question would be, so let's say you are someone now who is struggling and, you know, and you know, I think what a lot of people do is they know they should be doing something. They have an idea and then they can't get themselves to do it or they don't start doing it or they start and then they give up. Where would you say to start in that process? And I realize this is a little bit out of the super learner, but you know, where just with your life experience. Well, it is and it isn't, you know, because in my research of figuring out how the adult brain learns and, and going beyond what my mentors taught me, uh, I really had to try and understand as we made this an online course and as we brought this to the world, I had to try and understand like what's actually going to get people to do this, you know, because I had a, a coach sitting over my shoulders and, and meeting me every week and, and checking that I did my homework. Uh, and today, of course, we've, you know, I've trained certified coaches who will do that same thing for you. But at the early stages, I spent a lot of time thinking about how can I actually get people to motivate? Because these are people, the people who come to me are by definition, people who are overwhelmed and they don't have enough time to do the learning that they need or want to do. So I went pretty deep into the research and, and, you know, the, the almost cliched idea that Simon Sinek popularized of start with why it's, it's true, right? The human brain is not content. At least the adult brain is not content to learn something or do something unless we know how it's going to benefit us, right? We have this self-interest. We're pragmatic in the way that we look at the world. And so it's not enough you know, how many of us have this idea of something we want to do? Like, I want to be able to read, sight read music, right? Read it fast enough that I could just play something I've never heard. But I don't want it enough to actually sit down and do it. So it, it really is a matter of starting with why and having the goals, because at the end of the day, the, the journey of learning is going to be challenging. And so what's going to put you through that is having a clear-cut benefit. So one of the first things we do in every single one of my courses, whether it's our productivity course, our digital declutter course, our career hacking course, you know, we, we partner and build courses with, with a lot of top thought leaders. The first thing we have people do is actually a writing exercise to sit down and say, you know, why do I want to do this? And what am I going to get out of it? And oftentimes we encourage people, it's not enough to just say, well, you know, then I'll be able to learn whatever I want. Like, okay, where does the rubber meet the road? Well, all right, then I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, take a bigger interest in my children's hobbies because I'll be able to keep up with what they're learning. Or then I'll be able to memorize the names and faces of my girlfriend's entire family because, you know, I think she's the one and I want to show respect to her yeah. extended family next time we're at, a, at an event. So is there a, a meaningful why for why you want to do this? Because, you know, the simple, oh, I'll be, you know, once in a while I meet someone who speaks Spanish and it would be so cool to say a few words. It's not enough. 
it's just not enough. So having a, a tangible why that actually means something to you is so important. Yes, that is. And sometimes there's, there is this, I want to be better. I want to be healthier. And what's underneath that? What yes. really? And sometimes what I wonder is, and this is something I was just talking to somebody else about, is can it just be that you want to live fully and live without regret? Is that enough? Mm -hmm. Like to put yourself fully into life? I was thinking about exactly this today because I, the last few days I have had absolutely zero motivation to work, to be honest with you, because we're, we're slowly moving me out of the central role in my company and, and really getting other people to lead and manage and so that I can just um, create and, and write and do stuff like that all day. So right now we're in this weird period where I don't have any new creative projects and I kind of mm -hmm. like don't have anything to do. And so you'd think I would like use the opportunity to catch up on old stuff, but I've just been motivated to like crochet and play with my, uh, my tools and like make stuff around the house. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I know as good as anyone as, as well as anyone, like how many days I have and how time is my most precious resource and how 50 years from now I'll, I'll want to be able to look back and have a legacy. And I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, that's such a far away and lofty goal that I think I'll just keep, you know, crocheting and, and watching documentaries today. So for me personally, it's not enough. Right. It's too, too remote. Mm -hmm. And I do know that even with things like exercise and getting people who to regularly stick with exercise when they're not used to doing it is that mm -hmm. when at first you start with thinking, well, you're going to lose weight or be fit later, they're way less likely to stick with it than if they focus on, you know what, when I go out and I run, I feel great right afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. I, we did an amazing challenge uh, in my mastermind group with some behavior change experts, and they call that eating the marshmallows, which I thought was so great. It's a, it's a reference to that uh, Stanford experiment on willpower where the kids, you know, they followed the kids who were able to not eat the marshmallows and, and have that willpower. And the, the whole idea is like the human brain responds much better to immediate gratification, which is why social media addiction is such a problem, right? And so yeah. the idea was like, okay, their, their first product uh, that they've been working on is uh, getting people to, non-alcoholics, but people who drink too much and more than they want to, to cut down on alcohol, right? So um, the whole idea is like when you change a behavior, for example, going to the gym or, or not, the tendency is to go, what did I miss out on? And to look at exactly as you said, Kristen, like, you know, well, okay, if I do this for six months, my beer belly will go away or my skin will get clear. But in, in reality, what you want to do, and this was like my biggest takeaway from the whole challenge that we did, the biggest thing that you can do is eat the marshmallows now, right? So immediately start noticing and, and almost like convincing yourself of the immediate benefits you're getting, right? So for example, uh, I didn't drink tonight, which meant that I could drive, which meant that I saved eight bucks on the Uber. 
And then this, you know, I didn't, when I got home, I didn't have my judgment impaired. So I didn't eat a bag of chips, which means (laughs) that I already feel better today. Uh, Or, you know, uh, I, exactly as you said, I worked out today, which meant that tonight I don't have to feel guilty about sitting on the couch and watching Netflix and not going to the gym because I already got it done. So it's like, it's eating the marshmallows and enjoying the benefits right away. And, And this is something that I really want to integrate into our courses is like, okay, you're, you're learning these memory techniques. Like what are the benefits already that you're experiencing? Because that creates this win cycle. I love that. And thank you because yes, I, I could very much identify with the exercise part, but I love very much taking that into other areas mm-hmm. and really just finding, okay, where is the benefit right now, right this moment? Absolutely. That I Perfect. That's lovely. So is it possible because you have this book, your new book, the only skill that matters. And is it possible to boil it down into, you know, a a short explanation of what it is that you're teaching? Yeah. So there's a few really key skills that I talk about in the book. Um, one is memory improvement. So how our brains work, how our memories work and how we can therefore dramatically improve our memory by using simple techniques that have been around for 2,500 years. Techniques like if people have heard about it, the memory palace, uh, and so on. Um, I also talk about different ways to enhance and improve your focus using mental hacks and habits that are going to enable you to actually pay attention Uh, when you read and learn. And then I talk about speed reading uh, and how to actually do it with high comprehension because uh, anyone who's taken a speed reading course will tell you the speed is not the problem. It's the comprehension and many other skills such as how to prepare for learning, how to maintain your brain health, uh, and, and generally how to hold yourself accountable for learning. Yes. And that's actually where I was just going with all of this, because those are wonderful skills. Um, You know, improving the memory, enhancing your focus. And it's sort of, as you were talking about earlier, there's the point when you're learning to play the piano. Of course, my parents made me take piano lessons for 12 years. Of course, they didn't. After a while, I could have stopped. But there comes a point where it's just work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, where, that's where just having a plan and a schedule and checking in with yourself and having that accountability system really comes into play. Because I, I can teach you how to memorize all the chords in minutes. I can teach you how to learn the circle of fifth in minutes. Like I can cut a lot of timelines for you with the memory techniques. And that's why it is the first thing I teach in all of my learning courses. It's like, let's first master your memory because it's just going to make everything a lot easier. But at the end of the day, you still got to do some work, right? You still have to practice uh, speaking the language. You still got to get your fingers to form the chords. You get the idea. Yes. You still have to do it. Yep. Okay. So then my next question is, because I am this person, I've always been able to remember things. Like I see them, I remember them. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. I can repeat them. I learn them. However, you ask me about it three weeks later, it's gone. (laughs) So what about how, when you're super learning, 
Does it help you to remember? Does it stay in your brain? Yes. So a uh, couple things here. One, when you use these techniques, you make things a lot stickier for your mind and you, uh, you make it so that you'll be able to remember them for longer. With that said, I've interviewed dozens of memory champions from all over the world, people who held world records, and they'll all tell you that exactly as you said, three weeks after the competition, it's game over. And why is that? Because our brains do regular maintenance. If you've ever seen the, uh, the movie Inside Out, that scene where they're going through the child's brain and looking at all the memories and saying, ah, this is useless, let's get rid of it. That's actually shockingly how the brain works and, and, and a part of your brain called the hippocampus is responsible for doing that. We know from the work of a guy named Herbin Ebbinghaus in the 1850s that if you actually want to remember something long-term, you need to perform repetition on it. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to review it every single day. You can actually use smart systems called spaced repetition to review in increasing intervals so that you minimize the amount of work you actually need to do. And really do the bare mind, but do nothing in wow, your memory. That's very cool. I had never really quite realized that. I just thought, well, I'm not really that smart. Sure, I can do everything immediately, but it's gone. Oh, so that's your, your brain is 2% of your body's mass and 20% of its energy and resource consumption. And so it, it has to, I mean, it's already 20% consumption. So it has to try and be as efficient as possible. And one of the ways it does that is just by getting rid of stuff that it doesn't need. Um, so what we need to do is, is first determine what's relevant and important to us, but then we need to actually do the work to convince our brain that it is important. We can do that by creating more connections, by creating more vivid memories and, and all the mnemonic techniques that we teach. But at the end of the day, if you, if you learn it once, it's, it's highly unlikely that it's going to stay indefinitely. Yes. So you talked about spaced repetition. How, how often does our brain need us to bring it back so that we remember things? Is there a yeah, period a of time? Question. That's a great question. So, uh, it depends on the information. It depends on how linked it is to the things that we already know. It depends on a lot of factors. But there's actually software out there that you can download. One example is called Anki, A-N-K-I, where it, it's, think of it as like very intelligent flashcards. You put in the information, you quiz yourself, but then you tell Anki, you know, one, two, three, four, one, totally got it, four, I have no idea. And it also measures the amount of time it took you to give that answer. And based on that, it, it creates a kind of prediction of how hard this information is and how likely you are to forget it. So you can make the software do this for you where it's like, okay, you know, the, the word for I in Russian, yeah, I'm never going to forget that. If I look at my Anki deck for that, it'll probably tell me 70 years. Whereas, you know, the word for uh, variation, well, that's actually a pretty hard word in Russian. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, I think it's actually variazzi, but uh, other words that are very difficult, I might need to be reminded every few days until I mark that it's easy, at which point it'll be a week, then a month, then six months, and it'll create that uh, template for me, which is super cool, saves you a ton of time. That is really cool. How do you make time in your life for all of these things? 
Yeah, so I'm guilty as guilty as the next person of not reviewing my Anki decks as much as I should, but you can actually configure them and, and at my peak learning points when I'm learning something like a new language or when I was learning uh, the keys on the piano and I wanted to memorize them quickly, you can actually tell it like, okay, I have 20 minutes a day and I have these 10 decks from you know Russian to Hebrew to Spanish to all the different things that I'm learning right now. And you can tell it, look, I, I only want to do this much in a day. And then usually it will, you can get it to give you only the bare, 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 bare minimum. So you can do it in about 20 minutes. That's really cool. Isn't that neat? That Most is of the people cool. I've trained in my courses who've gone on to do the really hard stuff, stuff like the bar exam, the MCAT, that's what they use. And that's how they do it combined with visual mnemonics and, and, and using uh, photographic memory techniques. That is super fun. This is inspiring. Oh, I'm really glad to hear. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that's super interesting is checking out your um, podcast. You have so many subjects that you address in there too. So yeah, I'm, a, I'm a geek for self-improvement, let me tell you. Yes, me too. I started, it, it, it just has always been my obsession. Like, what does it take? And it, yep. you call yourself a life hacker. What's a life hacker? How do you define that? Yeah, I think a life hacker is someone who, who tries to find novel ways to solve life's problems and improve the human experience. So, uh, you know, there are tons of really cool life hacks out there from how do you game the airline miles system so that you ensure you're always flying first class to how do you, you know, beat the, the challenges of fitness so that you can work out two to three times a week and still have the body that you want. Um, there's all kinds of, of really cool stuff you can do in relationships as well, right? What are the tools you can use to improve your friendships? I, I think a life hacker just looks at every aspect of life and figures out how can I improve this experience uh, to get better results with less effort, less waste, less failure, and on and on. Less angst. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All of that. And the, the science is finally catching up with a lot of this. I mean, just even things like intermittent fasting. So the mm -hmm. just stretching out the amount of time between eating dinner yeah. and breakfast helps your, your health. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Yeah, it's such a simple thing. And yet it helps people with weight loss and with fitness and with you know, improving the health of your mitochondria, you know, all that stuff. So very cool. Well, any, um, it's about time for us to wrap up. Is there anything that you would want um, the listeners to know before we close up? Yeah. So I want people to fully understand that studies have shown that there is no difference between your brain and the brain of someone who can do absolutely incredible feats of memory and learning. This is not like the Olympics where, you know, Usain Bolt is just genetically superior to you and I. He is built to run fast. If you go look at Nelson Dellis, the friend of mine who, who won the USA Memory Championship four times, his brain is no different from your brain in terms of genetic advantage. It just works differently and he uses it differently. And that's something that every one of us can do. 
by just learning these simple techniques that I talk about in The Only Skill That Matters. That is so cool. And what a lovely uh, thing for us all to, to take away. Like, okay, we really truly can make ourselves better and happier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, everybody listening, go check out the book, The Only Skill That Matters. Um, check out uh, Jonathan's podcast. It's really cool. Superhuman Academy podcast. And is there anywhere else that they should look for you, Jonathan? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have my own personal website, jonathanalevy.com, uh, if people want to inquire about speaking. But uh, besides that, pretty much everything I do is at superhumanacademy.com. Perfect. Thank you. And listeners, I appreciate you showing up for yourselves. And until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 